Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. The Beatles had 20 number one hits on the Billboard Top 40 charts, the most of anyone. But George Strait had 60 number one hits on the Billboard Country Hits chart, the most number one hits of anyone ever. What is art? What is good art? What is bad art? Who gets to decide what is good and what is bad? Like how do you compare a picture of a tree drawn in crayon by a three-year-old versus a 200-year-old painting by Renoir that's worth $50 million? You know, maybe Renoir had a neighbor who hated him, you know, because Renoir had a couple pit bulls that barked all the time. And if you asked him, he'd be like, that painting sucks. And at least, you know, for a few seconds after the three-year-old shows this masterpiece of a tree done in crayon to their mom, the mom is going to be like, that's the greatest art ever. And they'll believe it, you know. You know, you ask them the next day, they probably have moved on. But for a few seconds, that is the greatest piece of art that's ever been created right there, right then. She's looking at it. So art is in the eye of the beholder. I think that's a saying. But so now, you know, to some of the beholder's eyes, are they more uh, important? Do they get to overrule other people? I mean, if you get a four-year degree in art history from a Ivy League college, and then, you know, you go into a gallery with your buddy who just got out of prison, and he's been there since he murdered someone since he was 16, and you point at a painting, and you say, that's a good painting. And then he points at another painting, and he says, no, this other one's a good painting. Like, you know, are you right? Because you've learned a lot about art, and he was trying to cover his butt in prison for the last 10 years? I would say there's probably some sort of argument to be made that, yeah, as you learn more about art, maybe you get a little bit better at picking out good art. But on the other hand, every human being has the same moral worth. You know, it doesn't, you could be a, a billionaire in America or you could be a tribesman who's illiterate in some black or brown country. And uh, those people have the, you know, they have the same moral worth. Every human being is ultimately worth the same amount. You know, a lot. So, you know, if all people are, you know, hey, created equal, then why is one one person's opinion ever better about art, which is purely subjective? Uh, and I think maybe, I think maybe everyone's opinion is equally valid. It's kind of tricky. So I'm talking about art because I got into an argument with my buddy the other day. I was playing some uh, Alabama, the early 80s country band. And he didn't like it. He wanted me. To, he wanted me to skip that song. And you know, it's fine if someone doesn't like a song. I certainly don't like every song I've ever heard. But I feel like there was some um, condescension in there. I was like, you know, this is a an early '80s pop culture band that you know has sold I don't know what 20 million albums. Uh, maybe you should give them a chance. And I think when I said something like that not a direct quote, that made him dislike the song more, not less. And he said that he likes country. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, you like skinny, skinny jeans country, don't you? Like, you know, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. He mentioned, uh, his name is John Prime. It's a guy I don't know. I guess it's a new country person, but uh, I think it's another, it's another uh, highfalutin, artistic, whatever, country singer. And so when he says he likes country, he skips over probably most of the songs that, you know, people, country music listeners, have been listening to for the last 40 years. And it kind of got my dander up because it's fine to not like country. I mean, like, I don't like ska. Don't ever play any ska for me. I don't like it. But I don't think people that listen to ska are beneath me. I don't think that they have worse taste than me or whatever. It just That's just not what I'm into. But, uh, you know, I'm not condescending. Basically, if you listen to the kind of music that I don't like, I don't condescend. You know, don't condescend me, man. And so I think a lot about, I think a lot of what goes into like, you know, art that people like, you know, you like the art that you like, but you also, people enjoy looking down on other people. And so a lot of times, you know, they'll like, they'll like this kind of art because they want to look down on other people. Like I told a different buddy once that uh, punk rock music from the 70s was pretentious and it whatever it triggered him it triggered him hard that was a that was a long loud shouting match after that <laughs> but you know i've listened to some 70s punk and it's not it's not my cup of tea like i don't think it's that melodic it's not like there's something about music there's there's like mathematical there's some sort of mathematical underpinnings to music and so like good music it almost doesn't matter if it's death metal or classical music or whatever as long as it has, like, good mathematical underpinnings, uh, I don't know, like, you, you hear it a few, you know, after you hear it a few times, you're like, ah, I get it, I get that little riff, I get that little bass line, I get that, I get those high notes of those low notes, and it's a cool thing. And, you know, some of the classic punk has that in there. Uh, I love Punk Rock Girl, although that's probably, probably not considered classic punk. Um, but I think a lot of the point of punk back then and you know and to a much greater degree like some of this death metal or maybe I just don't understand death metal is that the point of you know listening to death metal is that it doesn't sound good it doesn't have easy to notice melodies or possibly any melodies and therefore most people are not gonna like it and therefore you can what it, it puts you on the inside you get to be on the inside and put everyone else on the outside by listening to something that uh, Whatever isn't fun to listen to, and you know I think I did the I did the same thing. Uh, you know it's like when you're about sixteen to twenty five, you're looking for music that other people don't listen to, so you can be cool and they can be uncool. And I did it, I did it. But now I'm older and I look back on it and I think that's a it's a silly thing. It's a silly thing to pick stuff that may or may not be that good just so you can look down on other people. You know, pick art that may or may not be that good. Like I dated a girl once, she uh, she was an art major, and right about the time I knew her, she switched from realism to uh, impressionism or whatever, you know, ab oh, abstract. Anyway, she went from realism to abstract art, and realism was like, you know, if you draw a person, it looks like a person. If you draw a pre tree, it looks like a tree, and if you draw... A landscape setting you can see like depth you know like oh this thing is behind that thing which is behind that thing and then oh the mountains are in the distance 
or whatever. That's realism. It looks real. And then abstract art is, I don't know, uh, you can just do whatever you, as far as I can tell, you can just do whatever you want. And I think there's some ideas that, like, you know, if you, whatever, if you just do a bunch of colors, it may represent some emotion. But I think, you know, if you, if you do a poll, if you, if you show someone, you know, like, hey, give me an abstract art painting of love, and then you have a bunch of people walk in front of it and try and guess the emotion, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people saying fear, hatred, remorse, and some will say love. But, you know, I don't think you can actually, I don't think it can be done to convey emotions with abstract art. Or at least not reliably. But anyways, realism is difficult. It is very hard. I mean, I think a lot of people just, they probably could never do it. No amount of training would be able to make them, like, look at a truck and then draw that truck. Or look at a mountain and draw that mountain and have it look like the real thing. And uh, so this girl, she was not that good at realism. I mean, I think it's known that, you know, start with realism and then go to abstract. That's what Picasso did. Like, Picasso could draw stuff that looked real. And so when he went off and did abstract art, it was legit. Like, he, you know, he could paint anything he wanted. And he chose to do abstract art. But this girl, she wasn't that good at realism. So it wasn't like she was turning down realism because she was so great at it, but she wanted to do something else. I think it was, she was like, that's too hard. And so she went off and did abstract art. And I will say, it made her happy. She was a happy camper when she was doing her ab abstract art. And she really thought there was emotions in there. You know, oh, this is whatever. She could talk a decent amount about each painting. And then I'd look at the painting and be like, I don't see any of that. And you know, that wasn't the most charitable thing to say. Um, I wish her the best. Haven't seen her in many years. But it's kind of easy to maybe beat up on artists. I mean, you know, I don't think artists are really that sure about their own art. And, you know, if you bring up, have you sold your art? You know, how much money can you get for your art? You know, it's going to be the very rare, rare artist who can make basically any money off of their art. And then, you know, the artist that can make a living off of their art, which is, you know, probably 70 out of 100 artists would like to be able to make a living off their art. And probably not even one in a hundred could do it. It's supply and demand. Art's too fun. There's too many people doing it because it's so fun. So another thing my buddy brought up was uh, film. I think film is whatever. It's definitely a form of art and it's also considered to be a form of art. So it's good that those two things coincide. And he mentioned someone. I've heard this before. I don't know if this is the only guy or the original guy who said it or what. But uh, there was some director, I think. Who, he's like, he's like, sometimes I make a film and sometimes I make a movie. Like, films are good art and movies are for the unwashed masses or Trump supporters or whatever kind of person that, you know, couldn't understand good art. They're too low. It's a, you know, basically a bad kind of person. <laughs> Not a good art kind of person, a bad kind of person. They wouldn't understand. And like I kind of said earlier, uh, that annoys me. I don't like that. I don't like that idea that you, uh, that someone puts people in, you know, there's two baskets. You put people who can appreciate art in one basket, and those are good people, and then you put people who can't appreciate art in another basket, and those are bad people, at least as far as art goes. And so I was saying, you know, kind of like the realism versus abstract art, you know, what's harder, to make a boring movie that, you know, really tells what was in your soul and 
you didn't listen to anyone, you made exactly what you wanted to make, and then, you know, everyone falls asleep when they watch it, or whatever. Or you make a movie that everyone goes into, and, you know, they, uh, maybe they laugh, maybe they cry, maybe they're uplifted, maybe they feel devastated, maybe they just have a good time with some action scenes. You know, what's harder? I, I think it's harder to make the movie that people like. So, you know, if, if it's both art, is difficult art better than easy art? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I think there's an argument to be made that it is. So, like, you know, what's the difference between, I don't know, some some new, or whatever, some Avengers movie that makes $2 billion versus a 1970s French film that's in black and white and you can't understand what the heck's going on? It, you know, it's all meaning but no plot. You know, well, I think that Avengers movie is better art. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but in comparison between those two things, I think it's better art. And then the other one, you know, once again, I think people, they go off and like that kind of movie so that they can just look down on other people. Whereas you watch the Avengers movie, you don't care what other people like. You just have a good time, and then you, you leave and you don't think about it. So, you know... I think art can be judged to a certain extent. It's not all purely subjective. Um, makes me think of the San Francisco, San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. They've got a painting there that is, it's a white canvas with white paint on it. It's white on white, the whole thing is just white. And I think, you know, people have said, oh, that's a stupid idea. But you know, that particular painting that's in that museum, like you, whatever, that ain't, that ain't the white on white painting you have on your wall. What that is, is the first ever white-on-white -white painting that ever happened. And so that thing's awesome. And that's why it's worth six, seven, eight figures. Like a Jackson Pollock painting, where he's, you know, he's the first guy, or first guy I know of, who would just get a big canvas and he'd throw paint at it from a distance and just have big splashes. And, uh, you know, if you go do that in your garage right now, I wouldn't give you $5 for your painting. But, you know, I'd love to have a Jackson Pollock be a good retirement fund. And I think for like music and movies, the way to tell if something's good is, with, is whether it stands the test of time. And I'd be curious to know, like if in 2080, are more people listening to punk rock or are more people listening to 80s country? And it makes me think about 80s country a little bit because like early 80s music was pretty good. Um, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of music that I think is going to stand the test of time that came out from about, you know, like 78 to 84. And I think probably the country from that period, even though people don't, you know, whoever you are listening to this podcast, you probably didn't listen to 78 to 84 country. But I think, you know, that was kind of a peak for country as well, just like it was for a new wave or it was for, a, you know, Van Halen or whatever. And it makes me think of some podcaster I was listening to, and he has kids. I think the kids are in the, maybe about 12 years old or something like that. And they love a song called Africa by a group named Toto, which, you know, whatever, it's for, I think it's from 84, or right around then, and I loved it back then when I was a kid. And now kids today are still singing it. Whereas back in 84 when I was a kid, I was not singing stuff from 30, 40 years ago. Or at least most kids weren't. So I think, like, you know, if you look at the top 40 charts, I think it's mostly hip-hop, and has been for maybe the last 20 years, and uh, I think 100 years from now, 
people will still be listening to Toto by Africa, and they will not be listening to any early 2000s hip-hop. I mean, I think maybe some of the rap will stand the test of time.